Hey guys, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Earlier, I was shaving this morning and thinking about today's episode, and uh, knowing I wanted to talk about what Neville Goddard refers to as the Western Gate in imagination, when we're imagining, using the sense of touch. I wanted to also have a good story to go along with it, and not one of my stories, because I can think of an, many of them, many examples, but I wanted one from a listener, someone else to share their experience with me. And I'm, as I'm shaving, I just, I didn't do any type of imaginal scene or anything. I just, oh yeah, I want a good story to use today. And a few minutes after I finished shaving, I checked my emails. And would you know it, there's a lovely story from Cynthia, a listener of Feeling Twisty sharing a beautiful story about how she used imagination and uh, her mom being in the hospital. And it worked out perfectly to what I wanted to talk about today. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so let me just, uh, I'll just read you the email. That's probably easiest because she writes it. She tells the story so well. Me trying to retell it and uh, paraphrasing it wouldn't do it justice. So here we go. Here's a little background of my 72-year-old mom's hospital stay. A few weeks ago, my mom was admitted to the hospital. After running some tests, it was determined that her calcium levels were dangerously high. The high calcium levels caused her to be very confused, paranoid, combative, basically not herself. When my dad told me that my mom had to be restrained because she kept trying to leave the hospital, I knew it was time for me to fly home and see for myself what was going on. During this time, Mike, I kept listening to your podcast where you talked about your son's motorcycle accident and how you revised in your mind what the doctors were actually telling you. After seeing the condition that my mom was in, and hearing the doctor tell us that they were hopeful that she would return to her normal behavior, but they couldn't be sure, I immediately began to not only revise what the doctor was saying, but to imagine my mom returning to her old self. That night, while trying to get some sleep, I imagined that the restraints were no longer on her wrists, that she was coherent and knew where she was and why she was there. I imagined giving her a big hug and feeling her arms around me, our faces touching cheek to cheek, and her wishing me a happy birthday. I arrived at the hospital on Saturday, and my birthday was the day before. When my dad and I arrived at the hospital the next morning, we were met by the doctor, who told us that my mom's calcium levels were coming down. She still had the restraints on her wrists and was still trying to get out of bed but she was starting to sound more like herself and had tons of questions about what had happened to her. By the time we left the hospital that night, the doctor had ordered the restraints to be removed and she was able to give me a huge hug and wish me a happy belated birthday. I continued to imagine my mom's condition improving and the doctor giving us encouraging news. After being in the hospital for almost a week, my mom was released her calcium levels are back to normal, and she is almost completely back to her old self. The entire time that she was hospitalized, I just kept trying to live in the end, with the end 
being that my mom had recovered from her illness and was able to walk out of the hospital, which is exactly what happened. Isn't that marvelous? I love that story. Cynthia, I'm so glad you shared that with me. So you may have noticed the first thing she did when she got to the hospital was hearing the doctor tell her the uncertainty of her mom's future. She refused to accept that and immediately revised what the doctor was saying. Revision on the spot is a great thing to get in the habit of doing. You can certainly revise at any time, at any point in time. But why not, as the person's talking, that's giving you negative news, or maybe it's good news and you want to imagine it better. Revise it right there. You know what their voice sounds like because you're listening to them talk right now. You can smile at them or just, you know, look at them lovingly or knowingly, not buying into what they're saying. And imagine them saying exactly what you want to hear. And that's what Cynthia did there. I love revising on the spot. In fact, I think just yesterday in Facebook, in one of the Facebook groups about Neville Goddard and imagination, uh, we were talking about that. How no need to wait. Revise right then. And then we get to this really great part where she imagined hugging her mom and feeling her mom's arms around her and feeling her cheek against her mom's cheek. Mm. And she heard her mom say happy birthday. And that's exactly what happened. Cynthia had faith in her imaginal act and continued to persist in it. And she didn't say whether she reenacted that scene a number of times or just the once. Just the once is all you need. The only thing left to do is to continue existing in the state of the wish fulfilled. Her mom didn't get out of the hospital that night or the the next day. It was a week later, almost a week later. But her mom got out. And it was Cynthia's faith in her imaginal act that did it. Notice what Cynthia did there with feeling that sensation of touch, hugging her mom and feeling her mom in her arms and her arms around her and their cheeks touching each other in a loving embrace. Neville talks about how we we can use any sense in imagination because we're all imagination. So you can... Use whatever works for you. But he talks about how the sense of touch, using touch, really brings it home. (laughs) Because if you're touching something, if you're holding on to something, touching it with your body, it's real to you, isn't it? So if in imagination you can put your hands on something or feel the embrace, feel something, 2020 always talks about the coffee game, and it's a great idea. How would you feel sitting in the hospital or sitting back at home with your mom, who's now out of the hospital, back to her old self, sipping a big old yummy cup of coffee? Doesn't matter what you're imagining, but bringing the sense of touch in, just for me, it really brings it home. I've said that already. I'm going to try a different... Uh, euphemism. (laughs) It makes it real. 
Neville, in uh, the lecture North of the Strip, he talks about this, the Western Gate, the sense of touch. I love this lecture. It's one of my favorite. For one reason, it's because he tells a few stories that talk about the sense of touch and how powerful that is. But uh, there's a story in here of a couple that wanted a specific type of house and all these different requirements. And the uh, real estate agent was like, you're crazy. I'm not going to spoil the story, story for you. I want you to read it. It's a lovely, wonderful lecture. I'll, uh, if you don't have it or can't find it online, which you should be able to do, just email me and I'll send you a PDF uh, copy of it. But what I like about this, the other thing I like about this lecture is this, the story of this couple refusing to accept no. And they, I thought of when I was reading it, rereading it today, going over before the, uh, this episode, I was uh, reminded of what I've said a few times this year about being absurdly irrational. That's a fun state to be in. And that's what they were being. That's what I th was thinking of when I reread this story. They were, they were in that absurdly irrational state. No, we want this. And we want it big enough for all four people and all their animals. They've got a bunch of animals. They just wanted all very specific things. And everybody was reacting to them at first, the real estate agent, you know, as if they're being absurdly irrational. I got a kick out of that. I love that type of stuff. So check out that lecture. But back to touch. I'm going to read a quote from this lecture. I have seen people take imaginary paychecks and touch them. They had brought the other senses of seeing and hearing comments, etc. But when they had brought the sense of touch, it worked like a charm. For when you bring touch, you open the closed gate, western gate, and then nothing seems impossible. Hmm. I'm going to reread that, re that last part. But when they had brought the sense of touch, it worked like a charm. For when you, when you bring touch, you open the closed western gate, and then nothing seems impossible. Nothing is impossible. But it's something about touch, holding something or feeling something with your body. For me, that really locks in the reality of it. I'll give you a couple of quick examples. Yesterday, I, and I, I do this often with my keys. You would think by now I would learn to do as I tell my family to do. Always put your keys on the hook, and that way you never lose them. Do I do that? No. <laughs> I'll drop them just about anywhere. So it's a good thing I know about uh, the power of imagination, right? Or maybe you're saying, stop imagining that you're losing your keys. Okay. <laughs> so I lost my keys yesterday, couldn't find them. And I was running late to pick up my daughter from school. And I didn't panic. I didn't start digging around for them. I just held those keys in my hand, felt them in the palm of my hand, felt the teeth of the keys on my fingertip. You can do that right now. Imagine holding your, your keys in your hand feeling the metal in the palm of your hand. Maybe you have a fuzzy or a cute little charm hanging from your keychain. You can feel that in your hand. Or maybe you have one of those pepper spray bottles hanging from it. 
Feel the weight of it all in your hands. Feel the metal against your skin. And so that's what I did. Just a moment. Very brief. If I had timed it, it would have been maybe two seconds. Just holding the keys in my hand. And then I had the idea, oh, run upstairs, check in the bathroom. And sure enough, there they were on the counter in the bathroom. So the idea just came to me. You know, I'm sure you've had those moments when you're looking for something and then you think, oh, let me check here. Oh, look, there it is. That's the kind of subtleness I'm talking about. It's just an idea. Go check here. And I knew fully, completely, that imagining holding my keys imply that I found my keys. And I knew when I had the idea to go check in the bathroom that that's exactly where they would be. And I've done that with a number of things. Uh, last year, I uh, lost my debit card. And I didn't immediately go in imagination. I panicked. <laughs> that's my money. So I panicked at first and checked my account. Okay, it hasn't been used should I cancel my card? Should I call the bank? What should I do? And then I started digging all over the place, checking under my seat in my truck, asking everybody. And then uh, one of my children reminded me that they had used it last a couple of days ago at the grocery store, but they said they gave it back to me, which didn't help because I still couldn't remember where it was. So this went on for hours. I was throughout the day. I didn't search for hours, but Throughout the day, I would you know, start looking somewhere and then get distracted with something else, but get back to, got to find that debit card. And then I stopped, reminded myself of what to do, and just imagine holding the debit card in my hand. Just feeling the plastic, the size of it. Can you imagine that? Holding your credit card or debit card in your hand, feeling it between your fingers, rubbing your thumb across the numbers, feeling the texture of it. And so that's what I did. In imagination, I held the card in my hands. I looked down at it, saw the blue and the blue colors, the different shades of blue on the card and the name of the bank. And I didn't work the whole thing out in detail. I just, it was a quick glance in imagination, but I felt it held the card in my hand. And I knew without any doubt whatsoever that the card was mine already. I had it. And it wasn't 30 seconds later. The idea popped in my head. Oh, go check the jeans you wore yesterday. So that's what I did. I went to, uh, I don't wash my jeans every day because if they're not dirty, there's no need to, wa to wash them. That's my, that's my theory. So anyway, my jeans were hanging back in my, back in my closet, uh, hanging by the cuffs with the pants hangers, you know, with the little clips. So they're hanging straight down, upside down. So I pull the other clothes away from the pants, and I look down, and there's my debit card hanging halfway out of my pocket, right there. And the idea only came to me to check that. Completely, I would not have thought of checking the pants that have been hung back in the closet. But I held it in my imagination for just that moment, touching the card, feeling the reality of it. And I had it. Cynthia did the same thing. Holding her mom in her arms, feeling her mom's arms around her, feeling 
her mom's cheek against her cheek and the thrill of her mom being healthy and whole and hearing her mom's voice telling her happy birthday. So what have you done? What are, do you, how do you use the sense of touch? You could use it for anything. Maybe there's a loved one that you haven't seen in a while. You miss them. Bring them up in imagination. Look at them. Hold them. Wrap your arms around them and feel their arms. Are they thin and frail? Feel their body. You know, the, you can. That's a different feeling than somebody that's big and brawny. You know, I, I could imagine hugging my oldest son, and it's like, uh, well, all of my sons—they're really strong and solid. So I can hugging them is a completely different sensation than when I hug my daughter. Bring that person up, that loved one that you miss, that you want to see, and hug them. Feel your cheek against their cheek. Or maybe it's just a friend that you long to see and want to spend more time with. I want to visit with them. Whatever it is you want, Try the sense of touch, that western gate. Pull them close to you and wrap your arms around them. Maybe you've never met the person physically, but yet you're great friends. Even if you're oceans apart, doesn't matter. Bring them up in your imagination. Put your hands on either side of their face. Feel the stubble, you know, on your palms as you put your hands on their cheeks or move your hands to the back of their uh, head. Feel their hair and your fingertips and pull them close for a kiss. Nothing, I'm not getting raunchy. I'm just a kiss of, hey, I've missed you. Oh, it's so great to see you. Maybe a hug. Feel them in your arms. And the thrill that is that you get, you, you lock in the reality of that with touch. So send me some more stories. I love sharing your experiences. Neville talks about that in his lectures over and over. If you've, if you've read his lectures and his books, he, you'll notice that he's sharing other people's stories all the time. And he talks about the importance of that, how useful that is and helpful. I like sharing my stories. That's why I started feeling twisty, to share my experiences. But it makes it a richer experience. Adds to the texture of my life when you share with me your experiences, your stories. And then I, in turn, can talk about them on here. I don't have to if you don't want me to. So share with me your stories, whether you want me to share them or not. I'd love to hear them. Send me an email feelingtwisty at gmail.com. Let me know. I want to hear from you. I hope this was a great one. I know it was. I always get something really awesome. When I'm done talking, it's like I've been talking to myself. Hmm. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.